Thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Open Life Bonnie Lake. And uh, I just came up the hill from Open Life Sumner. What a day, right, that we launch another campus down there. And they were running around and trying to get everything figured out. Now, this is what's really funny. So uh, there's a bunch of streets, like they have a lot of turns. So if you noticed today when you showed up, We have new A-boards, the bigger signs, just to help people find their way. Uh, And we're experimenting on you a lot, too. Thanks for enduring. We had to get a new database to deal with, like, behind the scenes of two campuses. So kids check in is all we're learning today. So thank you very much for that. Uh, But as we're driving down there, just looking at all these A-boards, it looks phenomenal to help people get to the backside of Sumner Middle School and past all the smaller A-boards on the streets. And uh, I was kind of laughing about that. It kind of looked funny on the way here too today. Uh, But we're having fun. Two communities means double the impact, double the opportunity that your friends that might live in a different community would have an opportunity to go to church in their neighborhood that's contextually relating to their life, right? because we value being present with our community. And so we're really, really, really excited about that. And uh, somebody asked, well, why don't, though, you just meet in one place? Because, you know, there's plenty of room in here. We could just keep filling it all the way in. You know, and, and I was like, I actually have been in this room for the convocation for the school district. Some of you are employees. You were here too. And you saw what it looked like with 1,100 people in this room. Uh, you just don't want to be late and sit in front when that happens. Trust me, it was rather weird. So the, uh, but the, I, I tell you what, uh, that's not our vision. Our vision isn't to fill one room up in one community. Our vision is to be present in all the surrounding communities, and, and it's a great day to be able to take another step in that original vision that we had to reproduce ourselves within the community and uh, really... Uh, transform the ability that we have to stand on our own and find out what we can do when we stand together, which is really what this series is going to dive into, uh, the reality that we are better together. And, uh, you know, I totally forgot to check with Jaden. Do we have the images of the firefighters at all? Okay, we do. Uh, This is what happens when uh, we actually develop our talks together, like weeks ago. So um, now I forgot what was going to be on the screen, but not anymore. So this is what it's like to be on your own, right? Uh, I think I know who's going to win this battle, right? But this is what it looks like to go at it as a team. 
Booyah. Right? Uh, uh, which scenario do I want to be in? I'll go with option number two. Door number two, please, right? That's the reality of being better together. It's just what can we accomplish as a whole versus just individually. We value individualism, but yet together a bunch of individuals can accomplish a lot of things. You're so much better when you are one. So where does the Bible talk about this? It's interesting. Jesus prayed a final prayer before experiencing the crucifixion, and that was this prayer, part of it, in John 17, 22 through 23. He's praying, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I'm in them. You are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus prayed that we would be one. Jesus prayed that we would be one so that people would know his love. Like unity and that spirit of family is what makes our faith so vivid in people's minds. It's when you show up and have fun. It's when you show up and and have life, and there's a common spirit amongst a group that makes a huge, huge impact. The world will know that you love them. Serving our communities together uh, does that you know, doing a big give both here in Bonnie Lake and down in Sumner for the last couple years has very vividly uh, made known Jesus' love to people and inspired them to a level that, honestly, like we know this year again, we're going, we're going to have to cut off volunteerism. Like we'll have too many volunteers. Uh, if you were at Beautify Bonnie Lake yesterday, you saw what too many volunteers looks like. There's just people everywhere and not enough projects or tools to facilitate them. It's just the reality of a great thing, of a great culture. And so uh, we have this opportunity to go across multiple communities serving and having people that are together totally uh, have, the, have autonomy but unity. And what we can accomplish in people's lives is cool. So the Apostle Paul kind of taught on what Jesus prayed, and we can learn from it. Ephesians 4, 3 through 4 says this, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. So our big idea for today is we are one body. One is greater than one, right? One body is greater than one individual. We could do so much more and make such a larger witness of the love of Jesus to the world around us. Jesus' model values community over individuality while still highly valuing individuality. That's what's interesting about this whole deal. Uh, The series we begin today, three weeks, one body, one spirit, one hope, just to give away the other two messages in the series, uh, is this. It's a concept of being together. It's this concept and reality of what is Jesus' desire for us 
in this togetherness? What is God's image of the church, like us, the people of the church, being one? How do we complement one another? How do we find our place together? It's, it's one, but yet we live in this world that's really focused on individuality. It's hyper-focused on individuality. I mean, you have books, and it happened generations ago, you know, or decades ago, I should say, books that come out, a lot of self-made movement was kicking in, self-made millionaires, you have self-made this, power of self, 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 self was in every business book success story, and people read a lot of books about how to just be self. People started building fences around their yards, front porches started disappearing off of houses, right? And we became very segmented, very apart, very individual, but yet not experiencing this power of togetherness. Individuality became the goal so much that the next generation really thought, man, I just have to be myself. Took it ten times farther, right? Hair color and, and tattoos, and they even, some people even grow that little like thing on top of their head and use a rubber band to hold the hair up. Have you seen that? People will just go totally off. They'll put on jerseys from other teams. Green Bay, Pittsburgh, seen it. It's painful. Uh, but, you know, so it's like you have these moments where, where you know, individuality is, is highly valued in our culture, but in some ways we've taken it so far now. Selfies. You, all I have to do is say that word, and you're like, yeah, I saw the heads. Yeah, oh, I get, oh, yeah. Yup. You know, but that, just the reality of where, where we've come with this mindset of, of self, of individuality. We've gotten ourselves in trouble. We struggle with loneliness, but we have more friends than we've ever known, or at least that's what it says on the computer, right? We're, we get really confused. There's conflicting messages. So what is this heart of Jesus to become one? How do we experience life's best through being one collectively by coming together? How is this supposed to work? We need to grasp three thoughts today, and the first is, you are gifted. You're gifted. God has gifted you individually, but with the whole body in mind. The church is a body. The people, we're meant to be a functioning body. We're not meant to just be alone. Your gift is designed to function within a place in the body. So Ephesians 4 kind of walks this out as you go farther into the text. Verse 11 through 13 says, These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It says in other places in Scripture that we've each been gifted, some hospitality, some teaching, some giving, some, and the list just go, the gift of helps. 
So how does this work? Maybe think of it for yourself. Go, go on to this team thought pattern for a second. Have you ever been on a great team? I mean, it could be a work team. It could be a sports team. We get to watch a great team, the Huskies. I mean, the Hawks, too. Uh, uh, I, I, hey, we got our two wins in this year, so I'm good for the rest of the season for the Huskies. Uh, but moving on. Uh, so, you know, but think of a great team. And I would wager it's what comes to mind is not one person. Sure, one person may drastically impact the whole team because of their abilities, but it takes a team. It takes a team. And usually when you think of a great team, you think of how you functioned as a whole, your place within that team. You don't think of, man, the best team I was on, I sat on the bench and cheered. I even got to hand people water. That doesn't resonate usually. But if you were part of the team, like you were an active member, you served a purpose. I've never seen a relay race won by an individual. I've seen it drastically impacted by one but it took all the per- people in the relay. Or maybe a basketball team that wins a championship might have a really good player, an MVP, but it took everybody doing their part. Great football teams take a roster of 63 people. What? But they cut people. Exactly. They cut down to 53 in the NFL, right? but they have these 10 other people on their practice squad. And you know what? When they win the Super Bowl, those 10 people get rings too. Why? They're a part of the team. It takes everybody, every coach. Some would say and argue that, you know, when Seattle beats Green Bay, it even takes some help from the refs every once in a while, right? Jaden, still hurting, isn't it? Remember that catch in the end zone? Anyway, so it was a catch. Many have reviewed it. Still up for debate for some. I don't know why. Denial. Each part of the body has to do its work, right? And uh, your gift and calling are specifically designed to complement the body of Christ. Thought number two, everyone has a place. So you have a gift and you have a place. Romans 12.5 says it this way, so it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. It's one thing to comprehend your, your gift, but another to grasp the place your gift fits within the community of believers, within the body of believers. God made us human beings. You got to grasp this, not human doings. It's funny when you say it, it makes sense all of a sudden, right? Well, yeah, I'm not supposed to just be a, a human doing. I'm supposed to be a human being. He called it that for a reason. Because we can sometimes get our thought backwards and think that our place is our identity. Don't we do that? Our place of work, well, my identity is totally tied up in, in what I do. And when we get that flipped around and confused, then when a job goes south or whatever happens, it, it drastically impacts our life in a negative manner. We're human beings. God cares about who we are, not just what we do. But who we are is uniquely gifted to do something. So they complement one another. 
It's who you are that leads you to your place. If your place defines who you are, you're going to fall into a works-based faith. You're going to kind of picture God as wanting you to perform, and that's not how God created you. You don't know your place until you're in community, and when there, lots of your strengths come to the surface. We'll, we'll talk about this more in a second. Thought number three, the body takes work. So, I picture, you know, like an elbow or, you know, it's like, well, sometimes an elbow maybe thinks it's not needed. Look at the mouth's getting all the attention right now. But I'm an elbow. These arms couldn't move without me, you know. Exactly. We each need to do our part. And sometimes, though, it takes work to be healthy. So, let's look at work because it says make every effort to keep yourselves united. San Diego Chargers uh, had a player, lineman, called Nick Hardwick, and maybe some of you saw this article, but he retired in 2014 season, and uh, he was a lineman, 295 pounds he maintained to be a lineman. But what made him noticeable and make news was he lost 85 pounds, and everybody saw what he looked like not on the field. So let's go to that. Whoa, what? Steroids? No, I'm just kidding. Not at all. Listen to this. Well, we will never know that probably. Okay, but moving on. Uh, you know, he lost 85 pounds when he stopped playing football, but he also stopped giving effort to be 295 pounds. Listen to this ridiculous diet. As a center in the NFL, Nick had this diet in this daily schedule. 4.45 a.m., drink 600-calorie protein shake. After his workout, he drank another 300-calorie protein shake. He would shower, drink a smoothie with everything imaginable in it for breakfast, as well as five eggs, some sausage, and 32 ounces of whole milk. I just got sick thinking about that. Couldn't make a big enough latte to steam that much milk. That's like how I take my milk, right? It's, yeah, I'd like a, little, a couple shots of espresso in that. Um, so during the day, Nick would snack on a bag of mixed nuts. At mid-morning, we're still not even in the noontime, right? At mid-morning, he would have another 700-calorie protein shake. I'm just imagining he had to be close to a bathroom at all times. Just saying. Um, so, at lunch, he had a big salad with as much protein as possible piled on it along with a lot of bread. Now you're talking my language. Oh, wait, that's obvious? Okay, moving on. Uh, at dinner, he ate meat. That was like a long window of not eating for him. I'm like, way to go, dude. Uh, potatoes, vegetables, but as normal-sized portions so he didn't drag his wife down, as he says. So he would try to eat normal with his family, You're right? But dad, like there's dirty cups all over the house, one in the shower, one in the… I think you're snacking too much. Dad, have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? I'm sure you could be 85 pounds less. You know, I don't know. Um, so after dinner, right, family goes to bed or whatever, 90 minutes later, he would eat a 32-ounce tub of Greek yogurt with cereal piled on top. 
Oh, wow, that's just gross. So bedtime is my favorite part, and now I'm realizing some things about my life and my figure. But at bed, he would eat a 1,040-calorie pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I'm like, oh, that's all? <laughs> anyway, um, so I'll be turning out for the football team because my diet, I'm like, is this abnormal? Oh, it, that's supposed to be abnormal? I was just kidding. Whew. So he loses 85 pounds because he stopped doing that. Yeah, I bet his stomach growled a little. Just to think of, I just, it takes effort to maintain the body. And sometimes that effort looks hilarious, right? But other times it's disciplines of the other sort. Sure, we figure out we're gifted. And for some of us, it's easier than for others to discover where our place is in the body. But if you don't show up to the gym, or in Nick's case, the dinner table <laughs> or the, the refrigerator, uh, the body gets out of unity, an alignment, and functions less than its full potential. Why would we be encouraged to make every effort to keep the unity? I just kept dwelling on that when I was reading that passage in Ephesians. Because it's, it takes crazy intentional effort to stay united. It's easy to drift. It's easy to think that last year's workout will keep you good for a couple of years. I lifted some weights four years ago. I'm good, right? And then you go out and injure yourself. I mean, because here's the reality. If you're out of shape, you know your gift, you know your place, but if you are out of shape, it's not necessarily you who gets hurt. It's going to hurt somewhere else in the body. True story. I've, you saw me in a boot, if you've been around here for a while. I was in a boot at the beginning of the summer, and then I was in a brace, and now I just kind of am walking around with a torn tendon in my right ankle, and they're like, surgery, maybe not surgery. Do some physical therapy first. Ow, right? It just hurts to do, but I'm doing it. And finding out some interesting things in the process. Maybe they can't see my abs right now, at least not the way they want to. And uh, I mean, you can see my abs. They just don't look, okay, never mind. Uh, but they're, they're like, you know, if you strengthen your abs, then it'll strengthen your core, which will help take a little of the pressure, they just don't say weight, right, uh, off of your, your ankle and potentially help that heal a little quicker. They're being all nice to me. Yes. Reality is, if my stomach's out of shape, I might hurt my back. In my case, I hurt my ankle. And it, it, one part of the body negatively impacts other parts of the body. That makes sense, right? Well, now think of it in the realm of the church. It's real easy to think, well, what if my gift is hospitality? Is it possible that if you're not in your place being gifted in hospitality, that you could negatively impact the children's ministry? What are you talking about, Thad? Well, if somebody is walking into the church and they're not greeted, 
and they have kids, and they don't find their way over to the kids' check-in easily, and they're not greeted there because somebody's busy trying to learn the new database because we change every day. And, uh, you know, so they're trying to figure out the new database. I'm just kidding. That's just what they would say. Uh, okay, so moving on. They're, you know, if they're not greeted there and there's lack of hospitality going on, then maybe by the time they get their kids checked in and they get back out to service, which people build a first impression in seven minutes, maybe it doesn't matter what the worship is like. It doesn't matter how cute the twins are on the worship team. Those are my girls. I happen to think they're pretty cute. Uh, but anyway, uh, and by the way, they're wearing the right jersey. Just saying. Uh, so, hospitality could negatively impact in a drastic way kids. So, if you have the gift of giving, how could you negatively impact the potential of Wilkeson at having a church? Well, I'm not in Wilkeson. Right. But if you've been given the gift of giving and you're not functioning in that gift, then there are people who aren't going to have the equipment needed and the supplies necessary to launch an additional campus someday because we got to build up so that we can reproduce. Oh, we all have to be functioning in our place with our gift to build up the body. Well, I'm gifted. I'm not gifted in stuff like that, Thad. I'm gifted in things like sound. Uh, plenty of opportunities for you to serve in that area. I don't have anything but a, but a one-ton pickup that can pull really large things. Oh, talk to us afterwards. We always need drivers, right? I don't know how to do anything but pick up A-boards. What a coincidence. You know, I mean, just you can think down the list, right? Sometimes it's just the speaker, or maybe it's someone designing a graphic or setting up decor or singing that gets all the attention. But the reality is every place is vital. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. We need to find our place. Our action step today is connect to something greater. Just consider where you're connected in life, who you're connected to, and what does it mean for you to connect to something greater? Maybe today that means you're going to cross that line of exploring faith and connect yourself as a follower of Jesus. You're going to say, I choose to follow Jesus, and I'm going to turn away from the things that I know would separate me from Him. Maybe today connecting to something greater is just volunteering to serve somewhere here, somewhere in the community. Go read at a school somewhere that needs help. Go chaperone a recess at an elementary school. I don't know, but get involved somewhere. Give back. Maybe you need to find a group of people that you can connect with on a weekly basis. And we'll be pushing out groups. If you're interested in being a part of a group or leading a group, check that box on your connect card today. 
Or maybe today, the greatest thing that you could do, something that would be greater would be baptized, to get baptized in water. We have the tank set up, was inside. We noticed the leak early, put it outside. Anyway, uh, that was close. It's totally warm water. Don't be intimidated by that. Uh, It's a nice day outside, kind of. Water baptism is this. Water baptizing is us taking the next step beyond choosing to follow Jesus. We say, man, I, at some point in time I've checked the box. I, I say yes to Jesus. I want to choose to follow Jesus and, and discover what that means. But I know in Scripture we see that people believed and were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And even in moments like spontaneously they would see a a body of water and go, why should I not be baptized? And they were like, okay, let's do it. You know, just like in Nacho Libre. And so they get baptized and they, we celebrate with that. It's going public with our faith, but it's as well very spiritually significant. We're identifying ourselves with the death of Jesus and his resurrection when we come up out of the water. So it's a very powerful and significant moment that we have prepared for. And some people pre-filled out that they want to be baptized today. And I am pumped for you who have chosen that. And we celebrate with your stories and we know them. And honestly, this is what it's all about. And yeah, I get emotional at everything. So um, we pray for people's lives to be transformed. And going public with your faith is a massive moment. And we're celebrating with you today. And the other element to that, though, is some of you showed up today not planning on being baptized, but yet you've never identified yourself with Christ publicly. Well, we videotape this. We produce video. We put it out so you could share it with those you love. If today you decided, you know what? This is my something greater, is to be baptized in water. And if today is your something greater day, we're ready for you. We've got shirts for you to take. They look like this. Might not be as tight as mine. That took a lot of training. Um, But uh, we do have shirts for both girl shirts, guy shirts. We've got uh, flip-flops and shorts and lady things I'm not going to say out loud. Uh, Hair dryers, towels. Like we've thought, if you didn't come ready, you can be baptized, re-prep, and go out into the community looking ready for lunch and in good timing for it as well. So um, here's my challenge. If if you've never gone public with your faith and been baptized in water, this is a great day. This is a great opportunity to do that. And it's open for you to join us. Um, So I'm going to pray. I want you to consider what's my response today. You can flip over your connection card, look at responses, but process in your mind. If your response is to be baptized in water, Or if you came ready to be baptized in water, as soon as I say amen, you can make your way to this back table back here. And Ed and Leslie are going to help you get your shirt and your stuff. You're going to have about five minutes to change and get ready real quick. And then uh, they're going to be singing during that. Jaden's going to come up, close out everybody else. People with kids, go get their kids. We're all going to conglomerate around that pool. We're going to have a party because there's going to be people going public with their faith, and maybe that's you today. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to take away our excuses for being greater. 
I thank you that your word, that you prayed for this moment, that we would be one, that we would be one body, and a finger can't say to a hand, I'm not needed. A finger can't say to an elbow, I'm not needed. A toe can't say to an ear, it's not needed. We are all an integral part. You've given each of us unique gifts. Our individuality is best discovered within the whole. And I just pray that, God, you would allow us to discover that this week. You would allow us to put to action your challenge in Scripture. Thank you for spelling it out for us so that we could be one. I pray that today some in here who came just to hear a great talk are going to leave publicly identifying themselves with Jesus through water baptism. I thank you, God, that you're stirring in hearts right now transformative thoughts of following you. So if somebody's yet to ever choose to follow you and cross that line of faith, that they would do it right now. They would say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you the rest of my days. I want to know what it is to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these people who love my city and love me. And I pray that, God, I could go out from here an encouraged person engaging in something greater this week because I am gifted. I'm a part of the body. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at openlife.church. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.